Hi, everyone. Welcome to Hatter College First Gen, our podcast where we get together over some coffee and have some real conversations about what it's like to be a first-generation college student and what that means before, during, and after college. If you're a new listener, our goal here is to democratize some knowledge that we've gained along the way, learn a little bit more about the first-gen experience, and hopefully help others going through some of the same challenges that we experienced before by sharing lessons from our fellow peers. I'm Dan, and I'm one of the new co-hosts for the podcast. I recently graduated from the University of Pennsylvania, and I now work for Minds Matter New York City. In this episode, I'm trying to highlight some of the nuances that come with being a first-generation college student attending school far from home. For a little context, I lived in the Midwest and went to school on the East Coast, and I strongly remember all the emotions and extra considerations I had to make when trying to visit home. Today, you'll hear more from some other first gens, Matthew, Roxy, and Deshae. With that, let's dive into our first guest, Matthew. So hi, Matthew. So happy to have you here on the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Matthew. Originally, I grew up in a pretty rural village over in Green River, Wyoming. It's definitely, um, of course, way different from where I'm at now. I should say I am currently a student at the University of Pennsylvania studying computer science in the engineering school. And yeah, I identify as first generation. My Neither of my parents completed um, a four-year degree, and so that would make me the first. I'm excited to be here, though. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much, and we're super glad to have you here. When did you know you were going to go to Penn, and like how? What was your like your initial reaction? Sure, that's actually it's it's kind of a funny story because so of course there is a like a natural land grant university in Wyoming, the University of Wyoming, naturally, and there's a very nice in-state scholarship that um, is awarded for students to give full rights there. And I'd sort of grown up almost my entire life expecting to work towards that scholarship and get that and then go to University of Wyoming. Uh, it wasn't until some of the mentors I had above me started applying to some uh, like East Coast and West Coast schools. I was like, oh, hey, I'll, I will give Penn a shot. You know, I'll see how, see how it goes. But I didn't have any level of confidence that I would ever actually end up in Penn. So I remember uh, I received the decision and I was actually just going to like casually check it on my way home from school. But my mom stopped me and she's like, no, you're not going to check that until you get in my kitchen and we do this together. And so I was like, okay, okay, we'll do it that way. And I remember once I got accepted, I think I was almost in shock. I didn't sort of expect it. I was, I never thought I would be like leaving the state for school. My mom was much more verbal. She was making a lot of noises. I was sort of just sitting there like, wow, this is actually happening. From that point on, I would say it was more of a slow burn. I really didn't didn't fully grasp the idea that I would be going all the way out to the East Coast until I hopped on a plane and got off of it and the humidity and everything was there. So the, the mentors that I referred to um, in my last answer were, I had a couple good friends. They were a grade above me. We met through the speech and debate team. And they sort of guided me through every step of my high school process. I mean, they helped tutor me in certain areas. They were always supporting me on speech and debate. And it wasn't until they started applying to colleges and one applied to Yale, one applied to Stanford. All of this was sort of out of my head at the time. This would have been Uh, my junior year of high school. But it was at that point after that they applied to some of these different schools and then they either got waitlisted or um, eventually rejected. And I thought, well, I kind of owe it to them to try and to give my best shot at it when I had the opportunity. So 
talked a lot to them. They sort of gave me a lot of feedback on their experiences. And I thought, well, Penn seems cool because, I mean, they, they have a physics program that looked really interesting to me. It was in the city of Philadelphia. And I kind of looked at, a little bit at Columbia, too, because it's like, wow, Columbia, like New York City, that sounds incredible. But I was like, yeah, a smaller city, more like Philadelphia. Oh, a small city, of course, in quotation marks, you know, coming from 10,000 population <laughs> rural city. But uh, definitely, I would say the prestige was a bit of an attractor just because where my head at was at the time was I wanted to apply something to maybe in some mix of prove it to myself and prove it to my friends and my family that it was something that I could do. And that sort of wrapped me into the sphere and eventually got me where I am. So like, what was the process of like moving on the campus? So definitely it was a bit of a financial puzzle, sort of getting to Penn and getting all that worked out because flying out of the the mountain, the, the mountains in Wyoming is almost like flying to a foreign country price-wise because you have to go through local airports to a regional airport and from that regional airport to Philadelphia and the connecting flights sort of jack up prices of plane tickets. Um, driving wasn't really an option for us either because my parents worked throughout the week and sort of setting the time together to go on a road trip from essentially the West Coast or the the Western mountains of the region of the United States all the way to Philadelphia wasn't super feasible. So the sort of compromise we landed on because even checking a bunch of bags for a flight seemed a bit pricey at the time is we figured out sort of in my personal digging that Penn actually offers a Penn personal ship program where you can get discounted rates. And so I was like, oh, sweet, I'll take advantage of that. And it was kind of funny how it worked out, actually, because I brought nothing to me. I got brought nothing to pen with me except for a personal item and then a carry-on luggage, which uh, was enough to like get me by. But I sort of showed up to my dorm at the pre-freshman program, and I shared a room with one of my now really good friends. And he was really confused when I arrived, and I essentially had nothing except for like a backpack and a small duffel bag. And then it was a little bit funny after that, after shipping everything and then just having boxes of cardboard underneath my bed. But that was sort of my transition process. No, that's interesting. So most students, or not most students, I would say a good number of students don't usually participate in those programs. Do you feel like that had any impact on like your comfort level with your school uh, as an out-of-state student? I would say totally. In fact, I would have a hard time imagining what my experience would look like without the pre-freshman program. Of course, I don't know. I wasn't able to. There's no counterfactual or anything. But the way that it sort of shaped my experience is it sort of put me into an environment where I really did feel like people around me sort of shared a similar background. Of course, PFP is full of so many diverse groups, but ultimately, like the sort of concentration of those diverse groups lets you find things in common with those people that you might not find in common with the general student population at Penn or I think many, many other universities. So it sort of allowed me to connect a lot better with my peers. And I think that would be maybe the number one impact for me. The friends I made at Prevention Program are still my closest friends today. I was hanging out with them as early as last last night. I think I met up with just one friend. So it's been fantastic. Yeah, no, definitely. I I can very much agree with just how the program, programs like that help with the transition to college. Did you know about the pre-freshman program before you applied or no? I actually didn't. And I got really lucky because uh, I received the email from Penn kind of inviting me to apply for the, for the program. And I had no idea what it was then, but it turned out to be a fantastic option. I was just reflecting on that and like, you know, for students currently in high school thinking you want to apply into college, like you might not 
always know what the school is offering, but this is just another example of something to potentially look into. And it is kind of secondary to like getting into the school. Were there any like new things that were coming up for you as like when you first got to campus? Yeah, I would say so. Definitely just sort of thinking throughout my first year in general, it definitely does feel difficult. I think PFP or the pre-freshman program, of course, PFP, um, it did a lot of work in setting the foundation for building a community and sort of building a space at Penn that I feel like I could comfortably exist with it. But that said, the foundation, you know, just the one month program isn't the equivalent of, you know, building a whole entire home somewhere else. It's very difficult to do that. And I think it takes a lot of time. So I'd say probably one of the other biggest barriers for me as a first gen student was even after going through that acclimation process, you're still sort of entering that community of plenty of people who who come from very, very different backgrounds than you. And there's a certain beauty to it, but there's also almost a, a degree that it makes it harder to connect with some of your peers. Um, some of your peers who come from different backgrounds, or maybe they have parents who go to university, maybe they're the fifth in their line to go to Penn. And again, I think that there is a beauty to it, but it does make it harder to connect with some of your peers. And once everybody's sort of thrown into the bigger pool. Let's just uh, first talk about before the pandemic, like, did you go home for any breaks um, when you were at school? So definitely, of course, maybe reiterating earlier, it, flying out to Wyoming is it's sort of a rough process. That comes with a pretty big financial barrier. So I, I was super lucky. I was able to come home for winter break, but of course not for Thanksgiving break or, or any weekends or anything. But it was um, nice being able to kind of go back for winter break. And that, that was an opportunity that I think I, I was uh, lucky to have. And it did serve as sort of a refresher before, of course, the pandemic hit. Um, a couple months later. When you went home, like, were you just saving up your own money to pay for your ticket? Was Was there anything you were able to take advantage of through your through your school? So I do believe, in retrospect, I think Penn also offers some sort of group negotiation flight discounts through some like selected carriers. That said, um, I will say that still I haven't I actually gone through like the processes of navigating what it's like to access those or access that resource. But no, so during my freshman year, it was sort of all put together by both myself and my parents. I was working a work study job, just like sort of, you know, um, dealing with photo equipment and stuff in one of the fine arts halls. But uh, my parents were super generous. They were able to handle pretty much the bulk of it, which which was nice. But it was sort of uh, a compromise between me and my parents as we were sort of, you know, navigating this pretty new financial ground because as you know the first and maybe generations of my family to really go out of state for college or even just go to to college you know there's not really any sort of precedent for how to manage financials so it's definitely something that my family and I sort of figured out on the fly in terms of determining how to pay for different things and different streams of income and where they should go how did you feel like when you went home like what was that experience like coming back after your first like few months of school it was I think it was interesting in a lot of ways Uh, it would be hard to put together like just one phrase to characterize it but definitely i would say it was different it didn't it it did feel different from maybe just like the same old day-to-day that it was before i went to penn i think a lot of that has to deal with the sort of just change in culture you experience i mean naturally you know a rural village in Wyoming is not the same as it out here is in like the big city of philadelphia and i think that what i was able to do is I I ended up sort of taking on a lot of the different, you know, cultural standards out here in Philadelphia. I actually, one of the sort of maybe funnier bits is that I I very quickly learned that in Philadelphia, it's very 
you know, stand up to like, you know, you dap people up and you have it, you're like, see ya, you know, catch you later. Not once has that ever happened to me in Wyoming. So I was confused when I came to Philadelphia and like I first started, you know, interacting with my friends like that. And then I went back to Wyoming before we like, Matthew, like, what are you on, dude? <laughs> so it was really funny, um, sort of shifting it like that. And then it, it does branch out sort of wider than that, that it did feel, you know, different coming back home, coming back into the sort of culture that I was raised in and being able to sort of reflect and compare and contrast that was a really interesting experience. Related to going home and like noticing those cultural differences, you know, how did you spend your time at home? Like, did you pick up work? Did you just like chill in your home? Um, Sure. So I, it was sort of a, an interesting visit because, so I did come home and I previously, I guess I should say the summer before coming to Penn, I was a Pizza Hut delivery driver and I was very proud of the work I did at Pizza Hut too. <laughs> but I, I was able to sort of reconnect with a lot of my old work peers. I never actually ended up taking any hours or anything, but I would say probably maybe the most interesting change in the way I spent my time is the sort of different responsibilities I had around the house. Naturally, you know, like growing up, uh, at least in the home that I was growing up in sort of, um, I mean, I would be responsible for, of course, you know, a set of chores every day, including, you know, taking care of the pets, cleaning common spaces, things like that. When I came home from college or university, I, instead, I was sort of taking on maybe a different role. I mean, I was like cooking meals and doing things, um, you know, sharing maybe bits of Philly as I could. But it, it was definitely interesting, I guess, in that sense. But I spent most of my time, again, sort of, you know, cooking and taking on a different responsibility at home while at the same time reconnecting with a lot of friends that I had in the city and a lot of old work friends I had um, back at the hut. I definitely, during my freshman year, I sort of, under my freshman year, I sort of felt like I came off to Penn to, to you know, study like this was my school, but I, I definitely very much felt like my home was in Wyoming. When I was, was sort of getting off the plane to go home during winter break, I felt like I was returning home. But it's interesting how that sort of changed. Uh, as I sort of approached my second year, I mean, I have an amazing group of friends, an amazing community that I'm incredibly lucky to be a part of out here at Penn that sort of developed as I've, as I've been here. And I think that as time has progressed, I feel more like home is in Philadelphia and Wyoming is where my folks live. So it's the way that sort of changed is I definitely don't get the opportunity to sort of visit home as much, but I also don't really feel the same sort of draw, I should say. It feels much more like visiting family for the sake of seeing family rather than visiting family for the sake of feeling at home. And I think that that sort of distinction has created a, a level of reduction um, where I don't feel like I am feeling the same need to sort of go back home on, on a super regular interval, especially given financial barriers and things that sort of keep the process blocked up. How have you been thinking about like your summers moving forward? Do you see yourself doing a summer internship back at home or even in another city or staying in Philadelphia? Like, what do you think will happen there? One of the biggest reasons that uh, I kind of did feel like out of state was the right option for me was Wyoming has a set of opportunities in a certain set of industries that really didn't interest me. And I think that from that same place, I sort of anticipate spending most of my future, some, most of my future summers working probably in other cities, be it around the country or actually abroad. And of course, maybe not so much during the pandemic, but it's definitely, it's, it's sort of interesting. And while I'm definitely confident that sort of continuing to work in, in different places is right for me as a sort of 
build my place wherever that may take me. It's created an interesting feeling for me that I feel like I might not feel alone in the sort of first generation community. That being that there's almost a level of, for lack of a, I wouldn't describe it as guilt, but for lack of a better term, guilt, where it feels like there's sort of a set of industries and a set of people that my family or my generations of my family have worked in for you know years and years and years and then you know coming out to the east coast and studying computer science is is definitely not in the in the blood so to say but it creates sort of an interesting phenomenon where i feel like the closer that i sort of get and the further i dive in like my studies wherever they may take me it does take me farther away from wyoming and i'm pretty confident it's the right choice for me but it does create interesting feeling where it's like okay this is like definitely way far off track from what my family's doing my extended family everything like that do you have any advice uh, that you'd want to offer to students who might be in similar situations whether they're in high school or currently in college i'd say it would probably be different for each of those but i would say that for people in high school i would definitely say that if you think there's even a faint possibility you can, you definitely can. It's something that I sort of didn't realize. I kind of, again, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I looked at Penn as a shot in the dark. And today it's something that I couldn't imagine myself without. So if you think that you can go to um, whatever your school may be, um, whatever your dream school may be, wherever your dream you know, professional community may be, if you think there's even a chance, I think it's worth pursuing. But I definitely think that as someone who, again, I like to say kind of lucked out with PFP, it's also super important that you look into schools and you sort of make a decision based off of does this school sort of support people like me or do they have programs for me and I think a lot of that stuff does come really useful especially when you come from maybe not the same background as the average student from some school be it race ethnicity socioeconomic status anything of the sort alternatively for anybody sort of already in college like me um, I couldn't tell you too much that you maybe haven't learned already, but I would say that something that I've learned that I still try hard to practice every day, and it's not easy, is reaching out, making connections, and talking to people. I grew up as a fairly shy guy. I didn't, I, I sort of kind of waited for people to talk to me, and that's that was also sort of my approach during NSO. Again, I sort of lucked out in this regard, but certainly it gets a lot easier to find people that you love being around when you're interacting with more and more people every single day. And it's harder than ever because of the pandemic, but not impossible. And I think it's definitely a venture worth taking. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Up next, we have Roxy, who is a college graduate who is now back in her hometown. Hey, Roxy. It's so nice to have you on our podcast today. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. My name is Roxy. I am from, I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. I went to uh, high school here and then I went away for college to a school called Middlebury College in Vermont. I'm pretty close to my family, so it was kind of a tough decision, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later on. I Currently work for a company as their camp, their program coordinator, and I am a first generation college student. I and my sister I have a twin sister. We were the first ones to go to college in our family, and we graduated in two thousand and fourteen. My family is from El Salvador, and they my parents moved from El Salvador to Houston around twenty eight years ago. 
they didn't get to attend school here. They had to join the workforce and provide for their family. But they had children who, you know, now we're the first generation to uh, go through college. And that's how I identify as first gen. Wow, that's awesome to hear. Congrats to you and your twin sister. That's really exciting. So it sounds like you've been out and you've been working for a little while. So as you mentioned, you graduated in 2014. And, you know, it might be a little while, but could you remember what it was like when you left for college? Like, what was your initial reaction? So that's actually kind of a funny story. My parents were Catholic and kind of on the conservative side, especially my mom. She was more, she was a, she is a very protective Latina mom. And especially with the girls, you know, there's a, a little problems with that ideology. But she was very protective of my sister and I, and she really wanted us to stay in Houston close to her for college. And I did not want to do that at all. So it was kind of interesting because of my twin sister and I, we were kind of expected to go to college together. We had been together for all of our education for elementary school, middle school, and even high school. We were together. And so that was the expectation for us to go together to college. And that's not what happened. So we actually ended up applying to different colleges. And I focused a lot on liberal arts colleges and ones that were far from Houston. And my sister didn't. She wanted to kind of stay closer to home for various reasons. There were some family uh, troubles going on there. But for some reason, I decided not to let that hold me back. And in the moment, I did feel kind of selfish because I didn't choose to stay behind. But I knew in the long term, it would be the best choice for me. So I ended up applying to a lot of colleges that were out of state. And once those responses started calling, coming in from the colleges, a lot of them were saying no, you know, that we have, I had plenty of no's, but the college that did give me a yes, well, one of them that did give me a yes was Middlebury. And it ended up being that Middlebury College gave me the most money, the most financial aid to attend as well. So I did get accepted to University of Houston. And my mom, of course, wanted me to stay. My sister had already committed to University of Houston, but financially, it was not going to be the best choice for me. So I decided to commit to Middlebury College for financial reasons, but also because I just wanted to kind of get away and escape and kind of find my own and experience freedom from my family. Not that I don't love them. I love them to death. But it's just that I was just in that phase in my life where I just really wanted that for myself. So it was... It wasn't like it wasn't like a bad decision for me. It was a tough one because of my family and the influence they were trying to have on me. But I very much wanted to go away out of state for college. No, that's that's very relatable. Like I'm Puerto Rican. Like I've heard like a lot of stories of just like people who are also Latino or Latina and like how their families have navigated like even like trying to go to like a friend's house. Like so many rules. So I can commiserate with that. Can I add something? So some, the, the reason why I brought up this story is because when it came to the time to actually commit to the school, because I kept pushing it back because I didn't want to disappoint my parents. I didn't want to make them sad, but I knew that I wanted to commit to Middlebury, but I just, I just couldn't hurt them like that. When it came down to the nitty gritty though, I had to have a deposit from one of them. And I obviously a high school student didn't have that money. So I had to convince one of them and it ended up being my dad because I knew my mom would not budge. So I actually ended up taking, and he didn't know this, but I knew that my dad would be more supportive than my mom. 
in the end with my decision. So I ended up taking my dad's credit card and just submitting the deposit for the school for Middlebury and then told them afterwards. And by that point, my mom was pretty mad at me, not because I took the credit card without their permission, but because she knew that that meant that I was going to go away. And my dad was a little bit upset or bothered that I took his card without permission. But in the end, he, my dad was very much a bit about education and he was really happy for me. And I could tell that even though it was going to, it was going to be a, a lonely four years without me, that he was super proud of me and happy for me. So that made it worth it. Oh, no, that's, that's a really sweet story. I'm glad your dad came around and that your mom also did too. What was the process like to move to campus? Like, you know, you mentioned you live in Houston, but that you were going to go all the way to Vermont. How did you get there? What was that like? So there were a couple of options. My whole family wanted to go, which is super interesting and funny because, of course, I was like, no, I don't want my whole family to go. That's embarrassing. But at the same time, I was sad to be leaving, especially my twin sister. We had like an inseparable bond. I mean, we still have an inseparable bond. So I knew that that moment of just saying goodbye to her was going to hurt me. So I didn't mind them all going, but I just didn't want like all of them to go because they were trying to include like my uncles, my aunts, you know, the primos and stuff. And that was just not going to fly with me. So it ended up being that we actually, uh, my, my main family, so my brother, my sister, and my mom and dad, we flew up to Vermont a week before and we actually made a little vacation out of it. So we did get to check out some of Vermont and its beauty because Vermont is so beautiful. And my parents enjoyed it a lot. And then we just had like our final week, final moments together before we all kind of started on our individual journeys. I think at that point, my sister had already started college because Middlebury starts kind of later in the year. They start until September and most colleges start like in August. So we all went out there a week before orientation. They helped me move in. I remember that we visited a Walmart that's up there and we bought all the stuff that I needed for my dorm, for me to be comfortable. You know, my parents really helped me out financially and I'm just it's so eternally grateful for them. And we just did a lot of little quick trips and shopping and bonding. And we then made it to my college and they helped me move in and set up my room. They met my freshman year college roommate who ended up being one of my best friends for all four years. And then I specifically remember the moment that I had to say bye to them. And it was very sad. My sister, you know, obviously was crying. She, out of both of us, is very attached to me. I have always been the more independent one. So I knew it really hurt her heart for to say goodbye to me in that moment. My brother is my brother, but he also was sad. And my mom was was just, I think my mom came around and she was very proud of me, but also sad. And But the moment I remember specifically was saying bye to them from my door and just watching them walk down the hallway. Like it was one of those things from the movie, super dramatic in my head where the hallway just seemed like super eternal and long. And I was just watching them walk down the hallway. And my dad was the last person to leave the door at the end of the hallway and he just turned and waved at me and kind of like mouthed the word goodbye. And I just always remember that in my head, how that was kind of like the last moment that I spent with them before we all started our on our own individual journeys that kind of led us to where we are right now. That's such a beautiful story. But I guess like a quick follow question, like how did you bring stuff with you if you flew? I do remember moving out. That was a, that was a hassle. And they had to bring empty bags to bring all my stuff back to Houston. But when I was moving in, so I think I did end up taking 
four suitcases. So we flew with, I think it was Southwest and Southwest, you get two free bags. And so I took up most of the bags and I think they all just stuff all their things into one suitcase and I took up all the rest of them because I, you know, I was, I was moving over there. So I just needed to move all my stuff over there. And, but I mostly took clothing. I didn't take any like, like other little pillows or little uh, knickknacks or anything like that, because I knew that I was going to be able to buy that over there. And I would have preferred to do that. And I actually ordered stuff online, like pre-ordered it to go pick up. And there was a bed, bath and bed, bath and beyond when it was still around over there. So I just pre-ordered a lot of stuff, like the big things, furniture, those type of things. But I mostly took up a lot of their suitcases with my clothing. And to be honest, that was a mistake because Vermont is super cold. So I ended up not using half of that clothing anyway. I had to buy it as I was over there. So that was just, yeah, I just took up a lot of their suitcases. That makes a lot of sense. So like some, just like some quick tips that I've heard, like one is if you are flying, thinking about like the airlines you take and like the carry-on. So you can have like, yeah, Southwest was super helpful for me. Whenever I was traveling with a lot of stuff, because yeah, you can just like take advantage of two carry on or yeah, like two carry ons, two check bags, I think, which is probably the most generous I've seen. And then the other thing I mentioned, heard you mention was taking pre ordering things and picking them up when you were there instead of taking them across, like flying with them. You can't fly with a toaster and like 20 other random house things. And then I think one other thing I heard was just kind of focusing on like what you need, like. If you're moving somewhere cold, like you don't need all your summer clothes. I definitely have made that mistake before, but no, that's really cool. So moving on to another question. Do you feel like there were any like unique challenges you faced as a first gen attending a college far away from home? There are definitely a lot of unique challenges for the most, for the first, first of all, my school was in a very rural city and I came from a very urban city, Houston. So that transition was just very shocking, but it was a pleasant transition. It was going from a very, well, Houston's not that crowded, honestly, but going from a city life to kind of more relaxed, get to smell the grass, get to get to embrace the, the fresh air, you know, that, that was great. I loved being in Vermont because I would literally walk out of my dorm building and I would see mountains. And especially in the fall, it was so beautiful. And whenever that first snow hit, just like the glistening of the snow, it was it was wonderful. And that was actually the first time whenever it did snow, when I was there my first year, it was the first time that I experienced snow. So it was just like, it was just wonderful. But there were other parts of that transition that weren't as pleasant as well. So as a first generation student, I was very much... Uh, I think culture shocked. I was culture. I experienced a lot of culture shock because the majority of the students at that school did not look like me, did not come from the same economic bracket as me. And they just didn't understand my struggles. So I was kind of lucky in that sense that I kind of had experienced that a little bit before in high school because my transition from middle school to high school, I went from a mostly public charter school to a private school. And in that private school, it kind of looked like my college. You know, most of the people did not did not look like me, and they especially did not fall on the same economic bracket as me. So I very much like I was in high school, where I kind of 
pulled myself away from making friends because I was afraid that they were going to judge me because of my financial status, my family's financial status. I kind of got that out of the way in high school so that I didn't have to deal with that in college because once I got to college, I was like, you know what? This doesn't even matter that much. I made it here. I worked my butt off to make it here. I am at the same school as them. They may not, I may not have the same money uh, or amount of money that their family has or that they have, but I'm, I'm here and I'm here to, you know, make a name for myself, make a name for my family. And along the way, I got a lot of, I made a lot of great friends and I had a lot of great mentors. And I feel like that's what really made Middlebury College feel like home. What was it like when you visited home? Like, did you have a hard time going home for break? It was hard to go home, especially during the breaks, like those small breaks. For summer, it was expected that I go home for Thanksgiving break, Christmas break or winter break and spring break. It was a little bit more difficult. There was definitely that financial burden. I think I think my freshman year was the was the only year that I actually went home for all of those vacations. And then from there, my parents, of course, would want to bring me home, but I, I felt kind of selfish, honestly, asking them to pay for my ticket because at that point I wasn't really working. Well, I had a part-time job, but I got very few hours and it was not enough to pay for a ticket. Like I was able to fend for myself in terms of buying my own toiletries and my own food over there every once in a while, but I could not really buy a whole airplane ticket, especially during those prime time vacation times. So my parents obviously would want me to come home for Thanksgiving break and spring break specifically, but I opted to not. And I would just either stay at the school or go home with one of my friends. But for summer vacation, I would, of course, come back home. No, thank you for sharing so much. I really appreciated hearing your story and kind of like the progression of things, especially like your relationship with your parents. And do you have any other like things you want to share with the audience? Like any advice about like deciding to go to a school far away? What I would share a little bit of advice for those considering to go out of state or even like out of this, out of your home city for college is if you feel like it's the right thing to do, then just go for it. I know that you're going to feel guilty, maybe um, there's going to be maybe some other problems involved. But if you feel in your heart that it's the best thing for you in that moment and that it's going to be the best thing for you in the long term, then just do everything possible to make it happen because you'll gain a sense of yourself by the end of your four years that will would have probably been different if you would have stayed at home and I can say that maybe not well from experience myself because I left but I can't really talk about if I would have stayed at home for college but in comparing my sister's college experience to my college experience I definitely know that I was able to form my own person so much better in my own opinion so much better because I wasn't under the umbrella of my parents and, you know, sometimes that umbrella is, is there for protection. It's there to keep you safe. And it's there out of all the love and, and care in the world. But sometimes you just got to close that umbrella and, you know, walk out into the rain. What a beautiful metaphor. That's such a great way to put it. Thank you so much. Finally, we have Nishé who is another college graduate, but she ended up deciding to stay on her own after college. 
Hi, Nishé. It's nice to meet you. Could you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Yes. So my name is Nishé, and I'm born in Bulgaria, but raised in Milwaukee. And so I come from a family of half Bulgarian, half Turkish parents, both of them. And I identify myself as first gen, uh, being an immigrant, coming home to the States at four months old with my parents. But growing up in the States as a person who was never quite American, but never quite Bulgarian either. Um, I'm sure there are some other students who can relate to that. I am a postgraduate from Yale University, and I am actually working now at sales and marketing at a company called The Grange. So that's been a pretty fun time. So you mentioned that you went to Yale and that you're from Milwaukee. When did you, how did you feel when you knew you were going to be going away for school? Like, was that your intention? My intention was to go out of state for school. I had been telling my parents for a couple of years at that point that my mom was very young when she had me and I was approaching the age that she was when she had me. And I was like, I actually reached that during college. And so I had told her, like, since you had done this big drastic move at this age and you've done so many great things and have raised my brother and I very well, I want to be able to have a similar opportunity to kind of travel a bit, explore being a new environment that I haven't been in beforehand. And when I had found out that I got accepted to Yale, it was very much a no-brainer that I was going to go there and that I was leaving home for a bit. So there was a lot of excitement from my mom, not a lot of excitement from my dad. So it, it was mixed reactions for sure. I, I can relate to that. Yeah, it's always tough, like, navigating how your parents feel. What was the process like moving to campus for the first time? Growing up in Milwaukee and along the process, actually gaining a very wonderful stepdad who was born and raised in Michigan. We followed the classic Midwest track of it's cheaper to drive. And, you know, this flight is two hours, but this drive is only 15. So <laughs> we packed up the family in a car and filled up the car with as many things as we could for me and drove the 15 hours out to campus to move in. My parents and my brother helped me unpack everything for an hour. And then being that they were out on the East Coast, and this was likely going to be the only time for a long while they were out on the East Coast, and my brother being a rising senior in high school at that point, they left after an hour to go tour some colleges for him, which I'm very glad that he got that experience as I did not get that experience. And then they went home after a couple of days. So it was a long journey to get to the college. And once it was at the college, it was suddenly like, here are your things and you're on your own. Goodbye. Have fun. And it, it was a lot. <laughs> So you mentioned like you were on your own. Were there any unique challenges that you faced as a first-gen student going to college so far away from home? Yeah, I think one thing that made my situation definitely interesting was shortly before, actually after my first year of college, my dad had packed up and actually moved to England. So not only did I have family in Wisconsin, but now I had family in England as well as all of my family in Bulgaria. And so it was a bit of feeling like there was never really like just one place to go or like you always go to one place, but you feel like you're missing out on something. That was a big challenge for me. I think 
Another challenge that I faced was a really unique and personal challenge that I will share because I think it's important for other people to know and to be able to relate to if something like this happens was uh, my, my town was a bit of my city was a bit of a city where people don't really leave. And so in the second semester of my first year, I actually had a friend that was close in middle school actually get shot and was killed. And it was a very brutal publicized case and dealing with the stress of not being able to go home during that time and process what had happened, but also dealing with midterms and all of the things of college and being like dealing with the challenges, not only of being like a first generation college student who's trying to learn how to navigate college and to catch up from behind, but also deal with such a personal and traumatic event with without really knowing the proper resources or channels or people to go to because a lot of people when you tell them different things they just kind of they react very surprised as one would expect but no one really knows how to help so I think that was a very unique challenge that had kind of shaped me for the rest of college being like if I could deal and barely make it out (laughs) of dealing with this event then I could pretty much handle anything that had gone on and so It hit hard when I had to go home afterwards for the first time and just kind of like take in all of the surroundings, uh, especially because it had happened close to where I was living. So that was, I think, a very unique challenge. I think the other unique challenge is just this isn't even so much unique, but just dealing with like parents when they go through health things or kind of watching events go on at home and feeling a bit helpless because you want to be there and you want to help. But you also know that your parents believe that the best way for you to be there and to help is by succeeding at this college. Yeah, that's real. And, you know, I think another layer to that too, just what you were saying before about succeeding from afar is like when you start having to build your own sense of like responsibility and independence, like it's harder for you to even like contribute. So this is like a a little different, like, you know, if you like move back home, for example, like, you know, you'd be sharing rent with your family, but like living on your own, like now you have to pay your own rent. And it's like, okay, like, and there's no judgment of like, oh, like that $1,200 I spent on my rent, I could have spent for my family. On the other side, it's like your parents probably want you to stay away or like, you know, live your own life. Definitely it's tricky to navigate those, those feelings. How often did you get to go home? Like, did you go home as much as you could? Or was there a point where you decided to stop visiting home? My family did make it a priority that I was able to come home as much as possible. So I did come home for almost every single break. There was a time where I had chosen either to come home for shorter periods of time or at some point I just got so tired of traveling all the time and carrying around my suitcase and my instrument that if I was that if it was like a week or two break There was a couple of times between spring semester and the start of summer where I did not come home or I would take, Yale was very lucky to give us a two week spring break. So there was a year where I had decided to just come home for one week instead of two. And so I would say they had prioritized in a way to where there wasn't necessarily a financial barrier for me, but there was definitely a big time barrier. It's good that you bring that up. It's different. Like if you were like living close to campus, like it's not too hard to get home if you like lived like an hour away or like 30 minutes away. But just like the effort to drive rather than to fly or or even to fly, like, you know, that could be expensive. It could be less time or if you drive, it's like less expensive, but more time. So just like weighing those options can really be challenging. 
What was it like when you would go home? It's funny that you bring that up because living away from home, it was tough. It wasn't, at times it was tough for me mentally, but at the same time, it was a bit of a relief to be far away from home. But it definitely caused a bit of tension during the first couple of years of college when I would come home since every time I would return home, I would often get snide comments about like, oh, you've changed. You're not the little Midwest queen anymore. You're becoming more East Coast or you can't even see how you were changing, which is true. I didn't feel like that I was changing personality wise, but it was a bit for a while, it was a bit of a shift. Oh, you suddenly think you're better than us when I didn't feel that way. I never tried to imply that I felt that way about my family. I still don't. And that was one of the biggest challenges was just like every during high school, it was celebrating getting into such a high level school, high level university. But then once you're in the university, all of those celebrations suddenly get thrown back in your face and become a point of discontent and a point of friction since no one around me had really done it before. There was one other student who had, but I wasn't very close to them. And so dealing with how I thought I was staying the same, but how everyone else thought I was changing in different things that were actual changes, but other things that were just kind of like implied was definitely very hard. I would say there were times where I did not want to go home. I was very upset. I was just very stressed about how I would be perceived. And there were other times where I missed home like crazy. And if someone would have let me, I would have taken a flight the next day to go home. And so dealing with all of Dealing with those factors of wanting to be home, but also feeling relief to not be home at the same time is a lot to handle. And with the university too, I had um, a dean who had actually noticed this going on. And so they had referred me to mental health and I had started talking about issues there. And then it became another compounded layer of where I was trying to work on familial issues that I had within myself while also constantly being close to family. And so then there became a point of contempt on my end that my parents had no idea about. And I don't, unless they listen to this podcast, they won't really know either. But if you were to ask, they would definitely agree that there were points where coming home for a break wasn't really so much a break as it was just time not doing homework. (laughs) What? What influenced your decision not to return home after graduating? Or like, were you home for a little bit? Like, how how do you navigate that process? Yeah, so I was home for a little bit. I was home for a lot longer than I intended to be. I was originally going to only be home for a month at most. And then good old COVID came around and sent me pack. Actually, I was already home for spring break when they announced the university was closing. So I lived out of a suitcase of clothes and whatever clothes I had at my house at the time until August when the university finally shipped my things back to me. That was insane. And they came in boxes that were like barely held together. I was just thankful that I had minimal things broken. Um, But what influenced my decision to not return home after college, I think was really just a stubbornness from high school of just everyone always wanting to leave and go somewhere else and then watching so many people choose to stay. And I just wanted to be in a different situation. And I was determined, like everyone kind of kept pushing the whole like, oh, you're going to get out of here. And that 
I think really influenced me to be like, yeah, I am going to get out and I'm going to make it a point to not come back and live here forever because people are, some people think that that's going to happen anyways, and I just want to prove them wrong. And I think I think another thing that I had just influenced that was being on the East Coast. I had realized that there are so many parts of the country that I haven't seen yet. And between realizing that within myself and social media, always portraying the you're in your 20s, you're young, go explore the world, go do whatever, there will always be someone waiting for you back at home and like home is the people not just a place I think all of those factors really came in where I was like I can really go anywhere that I want and do anything and I was incredibly blessed that two weeks after the university had shut down that I received a job offer and I was looking at some other jobs at the point at that point but they were delaying hiring And I wasn't about to take my chances of saying no to this job and potentially applying to another job and not getting it and being out of work. So I think those are what really influenced my decisions to not really quote unquote return home after college, even though I was home for about nine months. How do you think moving away for college like impacted your outlook on what came next after you graduated? Yeah, I think... Again, this is another thing that the pandemic has affected, but when I was, like, if I look back to last year at this time, this was about a month before everything kind of hit the fan. I was definitely very excited to try to stay on the East Coast, and I did end up staying on the East Coast, but at that time, I was like, I'm very excited to stay on the East Coast. I will be close to a ton of my friends. These are the people that I've been around for so long, and I've grown so close to. And then with going home for nine months, it was actually we had moved into the house that I live in now at such a time that I never really got a chance to experience an extended amount of period at home. And so being able to experience home and be there for all four seasons for the first time made it so hard to leave. And that definitely impacted me in terms of if you would have asked me last year ago at this point, if I would have ever thought of going back home, I would have said nope and been totally confident. And now I would change that answer to a maybe just because of experiencing all those small things and just getting so much quality time that I didn't have beforehand. What were some lessons learned from your experience or tips that you'd have to offer other students who are thinking about going away for school or who are currently away uh, at school? So I think some lessons learned from the experiences that are tips to have even is like one of the lessons that I very much learned is have those few things that you value a ton and always take them with. I don't care how silly they are. I have a stuffed bear from when I was seven that when I just take anywhere with me, I just feel better about. And when I just take some different things that have memories attached to them, it's it doesn't make me feel sad. It actually comforts me. And I think tips that I would have too is like, it's your experience. There, It's not going to be linear. It's It may not necessarily be linear, I should say. There are going to there are probably going to be times I can't speak for everyone. So that's why I'm using the wishy-washy term. But there are going to be times where you will probably question, did I make the right choice? And there are other times that you're not going to question it. And that's 
completely normal. That is completely fine. If moving far away were so easy, everyone would do it. I would also offer just some lessons that I've had from this experience of moving is things may not always be the way you expect them to be, but you got through, like as a, when you're in your postgrad, you'll have been like, I got through this college experience. I got through like all of these different hurdles and taking the time to acknowledge and respect that. And then kind of looking back at yourself and like, what are the issues now? And being like, okay, I can be able to tackle this as well. Another quick tip that I would just have being a postgrad is if you literally have any savings, please get a Roth IRA. It is not tied to your work. It is tied to you personally. You can contribute a maximum of $6,000 in the year 2021. And if you put that now, basically every dollar you're putting in now is going to multiply by a thousand times by the time you retire. So it may seem silly right now, like it may seem silly to start investing young. Definitely do that. Take the time. If it costs a little bit more, take the time to invest in something quality. Like example, a car. Take the time to invest in that because that gives you the freedom to be able to save elsewhere. And the time that you are taking to invest in one item now compared to the savings that you have over time is tremendous. And also don't don't feel bad If you don't have like the most disposable income or if you feel uh, tight because you're helping support your family, like these are items that we just face as first gen students. And these are items that while we may not always make the choices, ultimately they're helping you by helping others. So I think those are just some of the very general life tips that I have acting like a very old, wise 22 year old. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast, Nishay. It was so nice to meet you. Thank you so much, Dan. It was great. It was my pleasure. Thank you. If you're a high school student considering attending college far from home, it sounds like some of our guests would strongly recommend that you take that leap. Um, the independence you'll gain from being in a new town, in a new place, is something different than what it might be if you attended school in your hometown. If you're a current college student, maybe there are some hacks that you haven't uh, fully taken advantage of. Like what are the university resources that might be able to help you either make getting home more accessible or if you're dealing with family relationships, like helping you cope with that. I'll just say really glad that you all took the time to listen and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you.